Welcome to the Grace City Tampa podcast. My name is Alex Damari. Me and my wife, Brianna, are the lead pastors. Our vision is to lead people into a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that today's podcast will build you up, lift your faith, and encourage you in the journey. Here's the message. Well, we are currently in a series called Freedom Frame of Reference. Our pastor Alex started this series on last week, and I have the honor of continuing this message. And I'm going to specifically be talking about spiritual freedom. And our series verse is 2 Corinthians 3.17, and it says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord, there is freedom. Galatians 5, 1 through 6 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. Let's pray. Dear God, we just honor you in this place. Before the message go forth, we just stand here and honor you for the freedom that we have in you. If it had not been for you on our side, we don't know where we'd be. And Father, for that, we say thank you. God, I pray that you would speak through me, that you would pierce your children's heart. In Jesus' name, we all say amen, amen. Well, the scripture that we're looking at this morning in the book of Galatians uh, is written out of a place of frustration. Paul, who is an apostle, which is one who plants and oversees churches, is writing to a group of people that are a part of churches that he has planted all across the region of Galatia. Now, the reason that Paul is frustrated and even feels the need to write to the people of Galatia is now that he is gone and is no longer with them, there are people who have come after him and are preaching an entirely different message than the one that he originally preached. And this message is a specific message that is infiltrating the church and is a danger to the gospel of Jesus. And you may be wondering, who are these people? They're known as the Judaizers. And the Judaizers are preaching a message that it's not enough to have faith in Christ alone, but you must also submit to the Jewish traditions and the law of Moses. Now, if you don't know anything about the law of Moses, all you need to know is it's impossible to follow. It's impossible. That was the whole reason why Jesus came and came down and, and sacrificed his life so we can have a new frame of reference. And because of that sacrifice, we are no longer under the law. 
And so that's why I want to remind you before I even start that it's so important to study, to show yourselves approved as the scripture says, rightly dividing the word of truth and hide the word in your heart because there are going to be people after, after the word has gone forth, once you leave Central this morning, when you get to your job on Monday morning, there are going to be people, things, situations that are going to be everything trying to get you back into the bondage that God delivered you from and what you have to realize is that these people these situations are very knowledgeable of what the word says probably more knowledgeable than you and they are everywhere they can be at your job they can be at your home they can be in your family they can be at the grocery store they can be at the barber shop and as we see in the scripture they can even be at the church and so that's why we have to remind ourselves and study to show ourselves approved because we don't know when it's going to come, how it's going to come, but we have to know what we know that we know that the word of God is true in our lives. Amen? Yeah. And so Paul hears of what is going on in Galatia. And so he writes this letter to the people of Galatia, reminding them of the original message that he originally preached. That God loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus down to die for you, to save your sins, to sacrifice his life, to cover all of your sins so he would fulfill the law of Moses. And that is good news to us today. The good news that was once preached by Paul is still being preached today. It's still being proclaimed today that we have a father who loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus down to sacrifice his life so we would no longer have to live under the law. Is there anybody that's grateful for the freedom in Jesus Christ? The world didn't give this freedom and guess what? The world can't take it away. Let me calm down. I haven't got to my low points yet. Um, well, I guess I should introduce myself. My name is Wayne Character, <laughs> and I work with our discipleship team um, here at Gray City, Tampa. Um, but I am not originally from Florida. I'm originally from Georgia, um, specifically Noonan, Georgia. A few of you know who that is. Um, but most of you don't know what Noonan, Georgia is, so I'm going to be from Atlanta today. Is that okay? Um, and so growing up in Georgia, I really, truly love the place. A lot of people, they try to get away from Noonan, but I truly love it. It's where my dad's side of the family grew up. It's where my roots are. I truly believe that it's one of the best places on earth. I know I need to get out more. Um, but I truly had the best of both worlds because my dad's family was from Georgia, and then my mom's side of the family was from Louisiana. I had some good eating. So being in Louisiana, and, and, and if you are familiar with any type of family, I don't know about your family, but my family, it is two different dynamics. It's like night and day. It's like peanut butter and collard greens. It don't go together. <laughs> to, give you, to give you some uh, um, mindset of what my family is like, uh, on my mom's side of the family, it's full of preachers, um, teachers, evangelists, uh, head of deacon board, usher board lead. In essence, we never left the church. And then on my dad's side of the family, um, I just got stressed, I'll come back to that. Um, going back to my mom's side of the family. <laughs> I remember there was a time um, 
where I was in New Orleans and I used to spend all my summers in Louisiana and I never wanted to leave. So I would do everything that I could to stay in Louisiana. And one, at one point I jammed my zipper on my suitcase. I was like, surely I won't leave because I can't close my suitcase. So after so many times of me trying to close my suitcase, my grandma just disappears. And I'm like, where did she go? She comes back with um, the little, you know, when you were a little kid, you used to blow the bubbles, the mini bubble bottle. She came back with a bubble bottle. Instead, she had replaced the soap with anointing oil. And she began to pray over that zipper. And let me tell you, that zipper is saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Going back to my dad's side, I can't do it, y'all. I'm just kidding. Going back to my dad's side, um, I have this specific uncle, my dad's brother. And before y'all go judging me, everybody has an uncle. In my case, I have two or three. But I have this specific uncle, and I would never really see him. And for the longest time, I had no relationship with him. I would see him one day, and then for two years, I wouldn't see him. Then I would see him another day, and then for two years, I wouldn't see him again. So finally, finally, I was like, where is this man going? And my parents told me that he just went home. I soon figured out that that home was prison. <laughs> I'm like, the nerve of y'all to call this man's home his prison. And every time, every time I would pass by a jail, I would see how big it was, and I would say, Mom, Dad, I want to live there one day. That's where Uncle Cisco lives. It's a mansion. My mom had my grandmother ship that anointing oil so fast. <laughs> but my uncle would go, go to jail for the craziest thing, stealing. Like, what you stealing for? You got stuff at the house. He would go to the grocery store, and he would, he would grab a grape from the bag, eat a couple, put it back. He would make some sandwiches, ain't paid for nothing. He would see that there was 25% off on lotion. He would use his 25% and put it back. <laughs> Just doing everything and anything that he wanted to. But for the most of his life, he lived in jail. He lived a life in bondage that every time he would get out, he would go back because although he was physically free, his mind was in bondage. This was his frame of reference. He let the place that he was in determine his every move. I've always, I've always done something that I've always reminded myself that it is not the place that I'm in that determines where I should live my life. And he would always think, well, I might as well stay here and here, at least in here I got food. At least in here I got a place to lay my head. Great City, don't let your current place of struggle determine the rest of your life. Freedom is not dependent on the place that you are in, Great City, but rather the posture that you have. There are people all over the world that do not have the religious freedom that we have in the United States. These men and women have been stripped of every legal right, but still they understand and have insurance that God is in control. There are people around the world that as I speak, as I speak right now, they are dying for the cause of Christ. 
but still they are free in the Lord. And don't get me wrong, I understand that it is a privilege that we get to sit in church and at this very moment worship the Lord however we want to, but don't get it twisted. That is not our security and our spiritual freedom. As a spiritual reality, freedom does not depend on specific legal or political arrangements. We can be free even under the most religious persecution. Our freedom that we have in America must be grounded in our spiritual freedom, not the other way around. If we look at the story of Paul and Silas in the Bible, these were two men who were locked up, beaten for the gospel. And we know the story. But instead of moaning and groaning, they worshiped. This is what freedom looks like. You can be locked up. You can be criticized, talked about, and mistreated, and you'll still have an understanding that your freedom in Christ is all worth it. Your freedom in Christ is worth the suffering. I don't know who that is for in this house and today, but I'm here to let you know that suffering for Christ is worth it. And you may be someone in here who is a missionary or has worked at a church and you're sitting in this place and you're like, I'm burnt out, I'm done with the church. I just wanna sit here and not do anything, not get involved in the church. But I wanna remind you that God has you here for a specific reason, that your suffering in ministry or wherever you are was not in vain. Do we believe that today? While in prison, Paul and Silas worship. And what we see is that this was their posture. Though locked up, they had a posture of worship. When we worship, we even did it this morning, we lift our hands as a posture, lifting our hands, moving our body towards heaven. And I can't tell you how many times I've been in worship and my body is postured towards heaven, but my mind is somewhere else. I'm singing the song, rain came when blue. What am I eating after church today? Maybe I'll go to the mini market. And what we have to realize is when your mind is postured in the right place, you can be anywhere. It doesn't matter the time or place. It doesn't matter. You can be anywhere and still free. They can lock you up, but you still be free. People can talk about you, but you'll still be free. Is there anybody in the house that is grateful for the freedom in Jesus? The author of Galatians was a man who did not always live a life that was encouraging to Christians. If you know Paul, he wasn't always known as Paul, but he was formerly known as Saul. And this was a man who persecuted Christians. This is a man who killed Christians. Can you imagine the things that people were talking about him for? Aren't you that one that persecuted Christians? Aren't you that one that killed Christians? Aren't you the one that I saw in the video? Aren't you the one that I saw at the party? And what you have to realize is that people will always remind you of who, of who you are and what you did trying to bring you back into the old life of living. And just as the law will always remind you of what you've done, but you have to realize, but Christ will always remind you of what he's done in your life. In the story of the prodigal son, we have two brothers and a father. The father knew that the younger brother was not prepared for the real world, but the son wanted to leave home and ask for his inheritance, and the father gave the son what he wanted, knowing that he was not prepared to do what he was supposed to. He didn't know how to budget his money. He was not a mature person to be living out on his own, but the father granted his wishes. 
And so the younger son, he went out and he lived for today instead of living for tomorrow. He never prepared. And before you knew it, all that he had was gone. The people that said that they were going to stay by his side, that said that they weren't going to leave him, the people that said that they are his rider dies, they left him because he did not have the thing that they wanted. And so at his lowest moment, he was all by himself. And the only thing that he knew how to do was feed pigs. He had been so low and was in a place of wondering, what am I doing? I'm better than this. I have a father's house that I can go to. And so he makes the journey to his father's house. And before the son even gets to the house, the father sees him and embraces him and throws him a party. And the older son, after he's been working all day long, he sees what is going on and he asks, what is all this commotion? And they tell him, haven't you heard? Your brother has returned and your father is throwing a party. And he's like, wait, 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 wait one minute. Father, I've been with you all this time. I've never left you. I've done what I'm supposed to do. I've followed the rules. And you throw him a party? He wastes his money. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And you throw him a party? The old son represents the law. And how it will always point out what you've done. But the father will always celebrate the return of his child. Now, do you think... That even though the father celebrated the son that returned home, that he was able to just do the same things that he was doing? I don't think so. Because in order to be free, you must still have some restrictions. If you want to be free, you can't just live how you want to. And let me ask you, is doing what you want to whenever you want to, is that true freedom? As someone who's been burdened by addiction, they were able to do whatever they wanted to do. Look where it got them. It is not freedom to be bound in your own desires. And that leads me to think that in order to be free, you must have restrictions. You must have boundaries. You must have accountability in order to maintain your freedom. This is why we here at Great City Tampa have things in place specifically to grow you in your freedom and spiritually grow track. City groups, soon to come discipleship track to help us free people in Christ grow in our freedom. It is impossible to think that you're just going to be able to live in this freedom without the help of the Holy Spirit. And if you think about it, a lot of our bondage is self-imposed. A lot of the things that keep us out of freedom comes from memory of something we've done. I was telling the team a couple weeks ago that there are people in here who didn't want to come at all because there were stories playing in the back of their mind, stories of past trauma, stories of past hurt that was keeping them from the house of the Lord. And what you have to understand is that you can't fix you. You can make these promises all day long over and over to God that I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I remember uh, growing up when I was in school, I know I had acted a hot mess in school. And before I walked in the door, I was like, Mama, I ain't going to do it no more. Right back next week, I was doing the same thing that I did before. And you can't make these promises over and over to God. If you give me another chance, I'm not going to do it anymore. God is not concerned what you're not going to do anymore. He just wants you to move forward. 
you start remembering in those moments what you promised God. And because you seem to keep falling back into those old habits, you feel so much shame. You start to feel unworthy. You start to feel bondage. And if you look in scripture, everyone that was messed up that came in the presence of God got delivered. If you look at the woman with the issue of, the, of blood, she came into the presence of God and she got healed. When you come into the presence of God, there is deliverance that takes place. When you come into the presence of God, you don't have to worry about cleaning yourself up. Let God do what only he can do. When you come into the presence of God, there is a freeing spirit over this place that will come alongside of you and carry you through every heartache, every problem that you seem to face. You don't have to do this alone. You have people in this church that will walk alongside you, champion you, and bring you to the Father's house. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And many of us think that freedom is the absence of something. Oh, when I get cleaned up, then I will give my life to Christ. When I stop looking at this, I'll give my life to Christ. When I stop going back to this, then I'll give my life to Christ. That's the work of the enemy. Because what the enemy knows is that when you get into the presence of God, deliverance takes place. So he wants to tell you that you're not qualified to get into his presence so you won't get delivered. So he accuses you and tells you you're not good enough. This is why, again, it's important to know what scripture says and rightly divide the word of truth. Because if someone comes up to you saying you're not worth it or you're less than, you can say, I am a child of God. I am seen by God. I know what God says about me. And I'm not going to worry about what you say. I'm going to stand in the presence of God and walk in the calling and the purpose that God has for me. Does anybody believe that today? People will accuse you and keep you from getting in the presence of God. That's law. And you believe them. And instead of it getting around some people who will tell you the truth, you stay home. Isolated. Bound to yourself. Drowning in your thoughts. When you're alone, you begin to talk to yourself. Self. And when you talk to yourself, you begin to agree with you. And if you have a past, which all of us do, it will condemn you and talk you out of everything that God has for you. But what you have to understand is the closer you get to God, the better you get. The closer you get to God, the freer you get. There may be things in the back of your mind telling you not to come into the presence of God, but the closer that you get, the freer you get. Is there anybody that believes in the power of the freedom of Jesus Christ? If you don't believe in the power of Jesus Christ, you can stay quiet. But I know and I have testified of the goodness of God that I can stand in his presence and know that I am set free. I am called. I am chosen. Growing up in church, they used to sing a song that said the things that I used to do, I don't do no more. The things that I used to do, I don't do no more. The talk that I used to talk, I don't do no more. The walk that I used to walk, I don't do no more. And keys can come up. Why is that? Because the closer I get to God, the more focused I am on him. 
The more I focus on him, the more I become like him. The more I focus on him, the more I become in his will. The more I focus on him, the better I get. So I'm not checking every day to see if I'm not doing something right. I'm checking every day to make sure that I'm in his presence. And I want to ask you a question on today. Are you in his presence? Are you studying your word of God? Are you in his presence? It doesn't have to be anything that is extraordinary. Just standing in the presence saying, God, I love you. I honor you. I thank you that you died on the cross. I thank you that you set me free because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so I'm going to walk in this freedom. Is there anybody that agrees with that? The reason why many of us don't operate in freedom is because we are locked up in our own memory and you're remembering the wrong thing. You need to get the word on your mind. Remember the things of God. This is why I love communion Sunday. We do this once a month. We did it last week. Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. He's saying, I want you to know that you can't keep your promise to me. And if you could keep your promise to me, I wouldn't have to send my son to die on the cross. But because you can't keep your promise, I'm going to keep you. So when you take communion, I'm going to remind you that I washed you. When you take communion, I'm going to remind you that I cleanse you. When you take communion, I'm going to remind you that we do this as a family. We are better together. I'm the one who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before God. The devil will make you think that you are in bondage so you won't come to God boldly. But I want to prophesy to someone in here that you may have done what they said that you did, but you are not who they say that you are. You are free to come to the throne. You are free to be in his presence. Yeah, you hit some cracks in the road, but every day you are getting better and better and better. The more I focus on him, the more I live, move, and have my being. He washes you with his word. And I don't care what anybody says about you. If God be for you, who? If God be for you, who? If God be for you, nobody can be against you. Walk in your freedom. God is not angry with you. Who told you that lie? God is not angry with you. He is in awe of his creation. And just as God is in awe of his creation, we stand in awe of the creator. Walk in freedom. God is not angry with you. Come out of that mindset. Come out and don't go back. You're freedom bound. There's some of you in this house who have been in bondage and there is an anointing in this house to remove every burden and destroy every yoke. There is healing in this house. This is a house of healing. This is a house of miracle. This is a house of love. This is a house of peace. This is a house of restoration. This is a house with whatever you need, God is able to supply. This is a house that you need to be surrounded in. This is a house that you need to be in. There is freedom in the house. It's not about how you dress. 
is about who dresses and covers you. If he dresses the lilies with beauty and splendor, how much more? Is there anybody in this place that can testify that I didn't come in here all fit? I didn't come in here all dressed up, but when I came into the house of the Lord, he dressed me, he covered me, he made me new. Is there anybody in this house? I'm not where I used to be. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. Don't let your past take you back to bondage. So what? They got dirt on you. So what? They got mess on you. The dirt is where seeds are planted. The dirt is soil for things of God to grow in your life. How do you know that you have been made free? You know by the fruit that you bear. You may not have always been in soil that is allowing fruit to bear, but look where you are now. You're in the house of God. You're in the presence of God. And I'm so glad that I don't look like what I've been through. You wouldn't even know or imagine the things that your neighbor has been through. But I'm glad I don't look like what I've been through. Your, your neighbor has been through some hell this week. You wouldn't even know, but that is the power of God, that even though I may not have it all together, he makes me and presents me before a father that sees me for who I am. I'm glad I don't look like what I've been through, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, but by the grace of God, you are who you are, but by the grace of God, you have been made free, your freedom bound. But by the grace of God, you walk in freedom. But by the grace of God, you walk in liberty. But by the grace of God, you don't look like what you've been through. Is there anybody in this house that, that can say, I've been through the, some stuff, but I don't look like what I've been through. I'm a free bound person. Freedom looks good on you. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, freedom looks good on you. Everybody's standing all over this place. Freedom is something that's available. And guess what? It would not be freedom if it was made for you to walk in. You have to make a decision freely to walk in freedom. It is for freedom that you are set free. It is for freedom that you are no longer bound. It is for freedom that God has made you the person that you are today. You may not have it all together, but it is for freedom that you are who you are. And if anyone got a reason to shout, it's you. If anybody got a reason to praise the Lord, it's you. Because I have been made new. I've been made free in the presence of God. If anybody got a reason to shout, it's me. Because I've been through some things. I've seen some things in my life. And if you could only see what I had to go through to get to where I am now, you wouldn't even want to hang out to me. But it's by freedom that I am here and who I am today. 2 Corinthians chapter 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom is not the absence of something, rather the presence of someone. And guess what his name is? His name is Jesus. Freedom is not the absence of something, but the presence of someone. And his name is Jesus. Jesus is the one that can make you whole. Jesus is the one that can make you free. Jesus is the one that can give you freedom. Jesus is the one that can give you the fruits that only you need to do the work of the law, of the, the work of God. Their freedom is found only in Jesus Philippians chapter 3 13 through 14 says but one thing I do forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead 
I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Freedom is not something that you have to wait for. Freedom is something that can be attained right here, right now. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven to get that freedom, but you can have heaven on earth. And even though we can have heaven on earth, I can't wait for that day where I'm free, free of all people that are looking at me through the law, free of things that are bringing me back into something that God has delivered me from. I can't wait to the day where I'm free of sickness. I can't wait to that day I'm free of diseases. I can't wait to that day where I can see my father face to face and he can say, I love you. I've always loved you. I've always had you in mind. I know you did some things that didn't live up to my will, but I love you. At its best, Christianity insists that people must respond freely to the invitation to live in spiritual freedom that the church cultivates. A coerced faith is merely a new form of enslavement, not the freedom of the gospel. And while we wait for that day where we're face to face with Jesus, you want to know what freedom is? Freedom is the fruits of the Spirit. This is what determines what you don't look like, what you've been through. The fruits of the Spirit is what makes Christianity attractive. The fruits of the Spirit is what makes people come into the presence of God. They don't have to be here on Sunday, but we are the church. They don't have to be here on Sunday, but it's, it's the way that we live our lives through the fruits of the Spirit that makes them want to get into this house. And I want to encourage you, don't be the thing that keeps people away from the house of God. But walk in the fruits of the Spirit. And with every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you're in this place. And you're saying, I've never experienced this freedom that he's talking about. It seems cool, but is it something that I can have? Yes. It is something that everyone can have in this place. With just the confession of your mouth, that you believe that Jesus is Lord, and that God raised Christ from the dead, you shall be saved. You shall experience this freedom. Don't wait. Don't wait till you have your life all together. Because newsflash, you won't. And if you're in this place and you're saying, I've been living a life of bondage. I didn't recognize it, but now my eyes have been opened. God loves you and he sees you and he wants you to walk in this freedom. Freedom of everlasting life. And if that's you, on the count of three, I just want you to raise your hands Freedom is attainable. One, freedom is available. Two, is there anybody in this house that wants to give their life to Christ and experience this freedom? Just lift your hands. Just lift your hands. If you want to experience this freedom for the first time, just lift your hands. God sees you. God knows you. Hallelujah. And maybe you're in this house and you're saying, I've given my life to Christ, but there's some things that I've been going back to. There's some things that I've been giving my attention to. 
there's some things that I've been given my my whole life and devotion to and you're saying I want to rededicate my life I want to continue to walk in this freedom I want to continue to walk in this joy I want to continue to walk in this hope if that's you can we just lift our hands all over this place God you see us you hear us we are your people that have been chosen to walk in your freedom and God we thank you that you have given us the will and the might to accept this freedom and father we won't take for granted what you've given us freely come on let's worship the lord thank you for listening to the grace city tampa podcast stay tuned for more weekly messages from our church